It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk with you. Today's guest is Giants former center and Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara, to kind of wrap up this 2021 season and look ahead a little bit. Sean, it's good to be with you, my friend. How are you? John, great to see you. Uh, happy to wrap this one up. Um, we got a bottle and a ribbon. Let's do it. It definitely needs to be wrapped up. That's for sure. I don't think any one of us will have any any doubts there. Uh, so let, let's kind of start here, Sean. And I've been kind of taking the season and splitting it into two parts. You have the first 12 games pre-Daniel Jones injury. Then you have the final six games post-Daniel Jones injury. And to me, that's a very important mark of demarcation because once Jones went out, and you had the, the, the Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon experience combined with everything going around those two guys on the offensive line and a wide receiver. I'm not really sure how much you could take out of the final six games of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that, that was a big factor in the dysfunction that we saw from the Giants offense during these last six games. I think even going from Daniel Jones to Mike Glennon, two totally different style quarterbacks. Yeah, Mike Glennon, clearly a, a, a pocket passer. Um, not somebody that you're going to ask to move the pocket a lot on. You're certainly not going to run with the same conviction, the RPO stuff, the zone reads that you would with Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones' impact on the run game is, you know, is quadruple what Mike Lennon's impact is. So right out of the gate, schematically things change. Um, and then, you know, the, the thing that you would expect from Mike Lennon is just that veteran savvy to understand certain protections and not find himself in compromising situations because of the lack of awareness and mental acuity. And yet that reared its ugly head. I think anytime you're bringing in a guy like Jake Fromm off the streets or from another team that late in the season, your hope is that he never has to play. (laughs) And yet that's where the Giants were. So um, as much as their offense seemed to struggle at times this season, once you got to Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm, it really just felt like they were just taking on water and everybody had a bucket um, and they were just trying to keep the ship afloat. Yeah, and and the defense, you know, just couldn't, you know, quite do enough to, you know, hold it off, you know, moving ahead here. All right, so now we have her news, Sean, as of this recording. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, just so in case something happens after this, people don't yell at you. Why don't you guys talk about that? Uh, We know Dave Gettleman announced his retirement. Um, Obviously... You know, the last four years, the record speaks for itself. I, you know, the results haven't been good enough. Um, now the Giants are going to cast a wide net here trying to make a decision in terms of where to go with their general manager position next. When you're trying to make this type of decision, and you can make the argument that the general manager is the most important single individual in, in, in any franchise in terms of making overall decisions, what are some of the characteristics, things that you think are most important as the Giants go about this decision-making process? Yeah, great question. I, you know, I mean, I think number one as a general manager, can you evaluate talent? And that's at the college level. That's at the pro level. Can you evaluate potential versus production? And I think that's one of the biggest keys. Anytime you're trying to rebuild a roster, because you can't just come in and say, we're going to rebuild this entire team based off draft picks. You, you know, you've got to pick – Uh, your spots. But I think the other thing that we've seen too is relationships, you know, look at Brian Flores, his surprise firing down in Miami. And it wasn't because of the fact that he's not a good coach. It's that he didn't have 
It wasn't X's and O's stuff that made that decision. Definitely was not scheme. It was not the fact that he lost the team. I mean, that, that team was was playing, and they, and they won seven straight. It was the relationship with the coach. So I think relationships at the general manager position paramounts almost everything. And, and I think it's not just relationships with your coaching staff, but it's relationships around the league. Guess what? You're a general manager. You, you better have a good relationship with the other general managers in the league because that's who you're calling to make deals with or calling to find out about a player or, hey, what do you want to do with this draft pick coming up or, you know, do you want to make a move? So all of those things um, play a factor. And then, of course, the elephant in the room is, you know, you bring these general managers in for interviews right now and it's, okay, what is your plan? We, you know, we think Joe Judge deserves another year. Are you okay with that? Um, or maybe the question is, you know, if you come in uh, for the general managers, you know, tell me who your coach is right now. If we didn't have a coach, who would you hand pick and hand select? And then from there, the Giants had to make a decision. So as many questions as we had during the season about the direction of this team, I feel like there might even be more questions now, given the situation. No, Sean, I, I agree with you 100%. How important to you is the experience of the guy that you're hiring. Do you want someone that's done the job of job, you know, done the job before that has some experience as a GM, as a president of football operations? Uh, do you focus on a guy that has more of a college scouting background? Do you like the pro scouting guys? You know, those can cross over to a little bit in, in terms of that experience. What are you looking for? Are you just looking for the, the philosophy of the program that the guy's coming from? What are you, what are you looking at? Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I think it's really I, hard, by the way. It really is. Yeah. I mean, if if you're the Giants right now, I, I don't know that you have the leash or I don't know if you have the luxury of taking somebody who is going to stumble or who is going to learn on, you know, on the job, so to speak, and have some growing pains. I, I don't think they have that clout right now with their fan base. And, and, and quite frankly, it's rightfully so. I, I think they need somebody that has done this before, you know, to use a golf analogy, you know, look, you're going to go play the masters. You're going to go play Augusta. Who do you want to read the greens for you? Somebody that's been there before that has played the course that understands where you can and can't put the ball and what the break is, or somebody that's just kind of like, you know what? I've played a lot of golf. I've never actually played this golf course, but I'm going to go out there and read the greens for you. So, I think that's where the Giants are right now. Um, Do you care pro versus college scouting background? Does that impact you at all? Well, I, I feel like the pro scouting is probably more important. I, I think college college scouting is, you know, I, I think it's important, but, you know, you, you still don't know. There's an unknown factor with college players. There's so many great college players that just fizzle out in the NFL for whatever reason. So, you know, evaluating – and you know what? Look, draft picks. Um, you know, every year you kind of get to you get to replenish, and you get you get to try over, win it, try again. When it comes to evaluating your current roster, evaluating the depth of your roster, as well as free agency, you know that's where you can really turn your team around, and where you can really benefit from the depth in case you need it. All right, two other questions on this front here, Sean. Just to get into the nitty gritty a little bit, how much do you look at? how the candidates' prior team went about building their success, right? 
the New England Patriots built to their success a lot different than the Kansas City Chiefs built to their success, which is different than how the Tennessee Titans built to their success or the Buffalo Bills or the San Francisco 49ers. Are you looking to you know throw over the field? Do you want to run it? Are you a defensive team? How much does that impact you know how you know how you want to build your team and see your team play based on who you want to bring in? Do you just say, well, I'll trust the vision no matter what the style is? How would you approach that given? New York, the location, the weather, all that stuff kind of all put together into one. Yeah, I think it really it's going to come down to what are your priorities based off that discussion because, you know, I look at a lot of those aspects. It's like, okay, here's the vision for the team that I want to build. And for anybody that plays fantasy football, you have a vision for who your fantasy team is going to be. Are you getting points out of your and running then, backs or your receivers? Yeah, it's right? like, yeah. all right, where is my pick? Is it a snake draft? Is it like, okay, if I've got the first pick, this is crucial because I'm not going to get another pick you know, and, and, until 20 picks in, sure. as opposed to if I'm in the fifth pick. Um, and then, all, you know, as you sit there and say, okay, these are the five guys I really want, and then they're all gone. They're not there available, so you have to adjust on the fly. So I think it's, you know, what are you prioritizing? If you're coming in as new general manager of the Giants, what position group are you going to prioritize? Obviously, the Giants have two very high picks. Do you take one player with one pick, trade back with the other to accumulate uh, some more currency. I think all of those things are in play, but I think you have to look at really the Giants' offense and say, all right, we, we've got to fix this. This is where we're starting. And any general manager that walks into that door for an interview, that better be your first answer. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, right. no you, they're gonna, you're going to move you to the bottom of the list. Like, we are going to score some points. In an NFL where the rules are are angled towards the offense winning and towards the offense scoring, the Giants have somehow found a, a way to not score, and that's got to be the number one priority. I think that's very, very, very well said, Sean. And just to note, I think the interesting thing, whoever ends up getting this job, and now let's kind of look ahead now a little bit, they're not going to have a lot of salary cap space to work with here, given what the Giants' cap situation is. But they do have those draft picks. They have five picks in the first 81 picks. They're also selecting pick number five and pick number seven in the first round in a draft that is very deep in terms of the fronts of both the offense and defense, which is, I think is kind of where the Giants focus is going to be here. Right. Yeah. That actually works right into the wheelhouse. Um, you know, I think pass rushers and protecting the passer need to be like options one and two here. Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, that sounds like football cliche. You know, you hear a lot of teams talk about, well, we got to win the trenches, but like I look at the Giants. Okay. First and foremost, what do you have to do? You've got to win your division, be competitive. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Look at where they are excelling right now. They, they've had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL the last few years. They have perennial pro bowlers at guard, at tackle. Um, and, dude, not to mention the pass rushers on the other side. Right. Now they got Micah Parsons, <laughs> Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, good. they – They've got that figured out, you know. Washington, look at their defense. Um, you know, yeah, they've got some guys injured, but they've they have invested their first round draft capital in that defensive line. Yeah, and the Eagles have lived on their offensive and defensive lines for a decade. Yeah, and you know the Eagles are in the playoffs now, and, yeah. and they've done it with, um, you know, doing a great job up front. So, for the Giants, that that absolutely has to be where some of the investments come in. And you know what? It's not just about you know, investing money in that. It's investing money in the right players because, look, the Giants drafted and used a first-round pick on Eric Flowers. And, you know what? Justin Pugh. That didn't work out. Justin Pugh. Weston Richburg, second-round um, pick. Go down the list. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you can't you can't miss on that many guys. Um, and so I think that's going to be mission number one. 
Uh, look, I think the Giants, you know, as much as Dave Gettleman has taken a lot of heat for any misses that he that he had as, as general manager, look, I think Daniel Jones is a quarterback you can build your franchise around, and Andrew Thomas is a part of that foundation that you're trying to build. So, and Xavier McKinney on defense too, by the way. And Xavier McKinney, I think Lorenzo Carter has, has started to show up. I think Aziz Ojolari has shown, you know, look, there were some questions when he slid to the second round, and the Giants um, pounced on that. So they're... There are some pieces um, to 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 both sides uh, of this defense and and the and the offense. All right, and now we should talk about have a little fun here. The Giants' opponents next year, Sean. I'm not sure if you've looked at this yet. I have not. All right, so here we go. So the Giants play. Obviously, they're they're three division teams at home and on the road. Now the Giants have two other divisions that they play. They play the AFC South, so they're home against Houston and Indianapolis. They're at Jacksonville, and they're at Tennessee. Then they also play the NFC North. They are home versus Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. They are on the road against the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. And they're two wildcard teams based on record. Uh, The extra 17th game is going to be a home game. That's against the team that finished in the same place as them in the AFC North, which, believe it or not, when all the... You know, petals fell off the flower, and they'd be in the Baltimore Ravens. So the Giants wow. will host the Ravens next year. They finish in last place. Who would have thought that before the year started, right? Yeah. And then they have to go to the team that finished in the same place as they did in the AFC West. That's the Seattle Seahawks. Again, who would have thought they would be the last place team in the, the West? They the were. A- NFC West. Okay. NFC West. Gotcha. I said, yeah, NFC West. I apologize. And then they get to host the team that finished in the same place as they did in the NFC South, and that is the Carolina Panthers. So... That's your schedule, and I guess the way I look at this is that when two of the divisions you're playing have two teams that fired their coaches already because they weren't happy with how the team went, it's probably a little bit easier than having to play the AFC West and the NFC South. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Look, the reality is when you finish last in your division, you're going to play an easier schedule anyways because you're playing, uh, you know, the the teams that you're playing – in within those divisions are all in the same position that you were in. So, uh, look that that schedule is uh, is going to be interesting. Obviously, you mentioned the NFC North, and you know who knows what the Green Bay Packers hold. You I was going to say Devontae that too. Right? Adams are probably going to franchise tag him, but Aaron Rodgers maybe he's there, maybe he's not. Maybe he's at another team within that division. We saw Brett Favre do that, right? He went from Green Bay to Minnesota. Could you imagine what that would be like if he went to like the? Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it would be wild. I mean, and you know, Chicago obviously uh, with Chicago and with Minnesota with new coaching staffs, um, they could look remarkably different, but. Obviously, for Minnesota, that offense is going to be who they are. With Kirk Cousins, with Dalvin Cook, with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, that's going to be a tough out uh, for any defense. Um, and then, you know, I, I think when you look at— And by the, the way, you mentioned quarterbacks, by the way. Who knows if Russell Wilson's in Seattle? That's right. another one, right? Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of banter with that, so that could be interesting. I think the AFC South, that division is a tough division right now. I know Houston, um, they've gone through a lot, and Jacksonville kind of flopped around— quite a bit this season right that's up until the verb. end that's, that's a good verb the um, flopping around yeah they, and then all of a sudden they beat the Colts <laughs> at the end of the season and look like a totally different team so um Colts Titans you know the Titans are the number one seed right now in the AFC I don't think anybody saw that one coming um so yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a tough challenge Let, let's hope Jacksonville's in December I'll tell you what you better stop the run if you have Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor coming into town you better and you Dalvin Cook you better stop the run next year yes, or you're going to have yeah, trouble. Absolutely. 
Um, all right, Sean, I guess just final thoughts for you. You know, what's on top of mind here as the Giants head into their offseason looking ahead to 2022? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot to unpack here, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think you know, the, the challenge for the Giants fans right now is to kind of wrap their head around, all right, what are we looking forward to? And, you know, with so much uncertainty, anytime you change coaches or change uh, leadership, um, you know, I think the the you cannot communicate enough, you know, and that's within the building and that's with with people outside the building as far as what your plan is. So, um, you know, I, I look at this last season, it, it was such an injury riddled season. I think the one thing that if you're a Giants fan right now, pray for health, pray for the roster that you start training camp with that it looks it somewhat resembles what you started with at the end of the season and i think the giants two years in a row have just been completely decimated by the injury bug um you know they've led the nfl and players on ir two years in a row and as much as people are going to want to figure out what's the issue who's to blame that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes in the NFL. You know, the Baltimore Ravens went through the same stuff every week. They seem to lose a starter, um, and, and that's been a challenge. But I think for Giants fans, this is a time for reflection, time for grieving, and then <laughs> we're going to need you because guess what? The combine's coming up, free agency's coming up. Um, despite, you know, being a little bit handcuffed with some salary cap stuff, I expect there to be some some big moves. Look, Blake Martinez was a great signing. Um, you know, nobody would have seen him getting hurt. I don't think he missed a game in his entire career nope. until this injury this year. So getting him back, maybe picking up somebody uh, like that to compliment him on the defense would be nice. Uh, but having two big picks in the draft, um, you know, this draft could be really big. You know, this you could we could look back on this draft and say this was the turning point for the franchise. Look forward to it, Sean. Always a pleasure. Always fun hanging out with you and doing spots with you all year. We appreciate it. We'll, of course, touch base again soon as the Giants' future and really the identity of their franchise begins to come into focus. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Thanks, John. Happy New Year. For Shona Hara, I'm John Schmelk. That's the Giants Huddle Podcast. We thank everyone for joining us. Of course, you can find it at Giants.com slash podcast on the Giants mobile app and on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle.